0: When you really think about it, I mean, nothing about life is static, but everything about life is static. So life is this, this evolving target. It's an, it's an evolution of all our life experiences. But in the same breath, everything about it is static. Everything that's happened in the past can't change. History... Is history and so it doesn't move, it doesn't change. And your life moving forward can be the same thing, it can be static as well. It can't change, it can't move, it can't do anything if you don't allow it to. If you don't have the open mind, if you don't have the willingness to change, if you aren't willing to change your perspective. The lens through which you, you see the world. And if you don't expose yourself to these new life experiences, then your life is going to be static. So I had a chance to catch up with Chris Jones. Or Jonesy as he's known in the the comedy community. He's a, a comedian out of L.A. And a super nice guy, super funny. He's a witty guy and he and I connected through Anchor. Just kind of went back and forth. He's got a channel on there called Weird AF News. So he talks about different news uh, that's happening around the world that's, that have odd and obscure headlines. And he's just one of those funny guys. So um, after going back and forth with him, I thought, hey man, I might as well reach out and see if, uh, if Jonesy might want to do a piece for character as the actual podcast. As opposed to just these sound bites on Anchor. And so he was super gracious with his time and um willingness to, to set something up because I mean he's he's doing sets every night, he's he's grinding, he's hustling, he's um he's acting, he's uh he's doing lots of different things. And we had an interesting conversation just talking about how when you can get into a, a life rut is when you don't allow things to change. When you let the day after day routine of being static consume you, and it consumes your thoughts, it consumes your mind, and it it really consumes your life, your personality, and the only way to really change and get yourself out of that rut is by being self-aware, by being introspective enough to know that it's time for a change. So, Jonesy and I talked about how he recently moved from New York where he was Uh, immersed in the comedy scene there and he uh, he moved to LA where the comedy scene's blowing up and it really has been for the past five to maybe like seven, eight years and it was a big life change for him I mean it can be scary You're you're moving across coast he was born and raised on the east coast just outside Boston and uh... He moved to the West Coast, different lifestyle, different culture, different pace. And th- that that type of event can crush you or it can own you. You can own it. And so for Jonesy, it was a a, a new light revelation. New things were shed when he had time to himself where he could think and figure out kind of who he was and what his direction was in life and where he wanted to go and how he was going to get there. Sometimes there's not an answer. And you might not always have an answer, but you know that if you're doing something that um, you feel is right in your heart and it's of interest to you that you, you just have to stick with it and see it through. Because in the end, doing something that you believe in, doing something that matters to you, is better than sitting across from a dinner table with somebody staring blankly at your food and not saying anything when you've allowed your life to become static. I'm Ben Grennell, and this is Character. The maven of Manhattan, Jonesy.
1: Dude, we're on. Hey, hold on. Let me get my tea. Hold on. Then I gotta get my tea. <laughs> you do it. I'm assuming we're gonna be a bit, so... Yes, Ben. Ben, can you hear me? Dude, um, I can hear you. Loud and clear. Fantastic. Do you have a... Is
0: that, do you hear some slapback? Because I can hear a bit. Maybe your volume's super high.
1: Oh, you think my volume's high? Let me turn it down. How about that?
0: Better. Uh, let's see. Yo, yo. Yo, yo, it, yo. Yeah, it sounds good. I think it was just picking up back from your mic into your earbuds or something like that. Oh damn,
1: it's pretty powerful earbuds we got here. <laughs> You're running those things are like full on compressor earbuds or something. Nah man, it's the cheap ones. I actually found them on the ground. I'm good. You just stole them from some homeless guy or what? Found them. No, man, I well I used to my uncle used to live in this like uh luxury apartment complex out mm-hmm. here in LA. And I would go there to use the facilities because he never used any of them. I go there and they got a hot tub, they got a gym, they got a nice pool. And then one day in the hallway, it's like all—it's like all wealthy people there. And then one one day in the hallway, I found these earbuds on the ground, and and they're just—they're awesome. And man, and I always lose earbuds or they break or whatever. I've had these now for like seven months, and they're just amazing.
0: And they're just like cheap ones, or not like those Apple
1: ones or anything. No, they're a totally different brand, but the, I think they're high end. I don't know what they are though, but the, I had a feeling when I found them that they're high end. And in this building, yeah, these rich people. This is like some. This is gonna be some nice stuff right here. Oh,
0: yeah, that's funny, man. Yeah. I've got I got like I don't know, probably three or four sets of those Apple ones that keep building up because you get them with like phones year after year. Right. And I can't use them because I hate those. I don't like the hard, like the hard plastic earbuds. I like the ones that are all soft and
1: yeah, that's right. Those valuable. Hard ones, those hard ones are rough on. It. I mean, you can keep after after a while of being in your ear, just paint. You just it's the pain. Dude, they don't. They literally
0: don't fit in my ear. Like, I I think I've probably got like micro ears too. So then it makes it even worse. But they just like they don't fit the like inner canal of my ear. And so I go to put them on, and it's just like freaking wearing an extra large T shirt. Like, I mean, I'm a small dude, right? I wear I wear size small shirts as it is. But imagine like I
1: I, I wear size small shirts as as it is as well. But my I don't have um inordinately small ear uh ear canals like you do for some reason (laughs) mine are are on a different scale (laughs) Can you fit a q-tip in there (laughs) i i wish some days
0: just no not not the
1: good bro it feels so good
0: someday you gotta try it (laughs) not the cotton end i gotta clip off the cotton end and just stick in like this (laughs) stick just to get it in there you
1: just put the stick in you can't get any cleaning done that way <laughs> no man
0: all, all you do is you puncture your drum and it over. so actually i had to, so i had to I puncture my eardrum drum and i had to get hearing aids just to
1: offset oh, yeah. it <coughs> it's good so, so yeah. where where do you where, how do you want to run this what's your method here what is your uh, what's your format dude this is it this is the format oh, so the format? it's so casual i love it
0: yeah man it, it's uh it's good so it's I think we talked offline a little bit about kind of what what the gig is with character and how this works. But um, I mean, people in general have inherently more interesting stories than they think, Uh, like their life stories are way more interesting. So it's like if if I tell you a piece of my story or you tell me a piece of yours to you, it might be. One of those things that you're like, ah, it's just it's the way I grew up. But to me or to somebody else, it's like it can be either like eye opening or a revelation or something they can relate to. Or it's just interesting, right? Because, uh, I mean, we've all, we've all had these unique experiences in life. So that's kind of that's the way this all comes together. So, I mean, I don't know much about you other than you're out in L.A. now and you're doing sets at night and that's kind of it.
1: Yeah, well, uh and well in addition to that, you know, I am an actor and and host and stuff, so I have an agent for that. So I go on auditions for uh television, film, uh hosting gigs, uh voiceover commercials, all that stuff. So So you are you like born and raised in LA? No, I was born and raised in Massachusetts, uh about 25 miles north of Boston. Oh, cool. And Uh, when I was, when I was old enough to kind of be on my own, I went to college for a minute and didn't, didn't really, it didn't really, it was, it was good. I had a great time, but I could tell I wasn't going to, I don't know. I wasn't going to do that. I wasn't going to, I wanted to be an artist and, and I went to college for like business and then I took sociology and then I changed my major to sociology. And then I was like, what am I doing? I want to be an artist. I'm going to be an entertainer. And so, um, at the time, I was playing music only, but I had a feeling I wanted to do something else. And my buddy was a stand-up comic at the time. Well, he was trying to be. My roommate in college, he went to these open mics. He would do these these really bad open mics in Boston. And and, and I was like, oh, man, I could do at least better than half of these guys. I mean, it was brutal, you know? and. And then I tried it and I really, it was a thrilling. You know, I just loved it. It was like, you know, my heart was beating out of my chest. It was like a roller coaster ride, you know. And I've always been kind of a thrill seeker, anyways. So to me, that was just like the ultimate rush. And I said, I want to, I want to do this again and again, you know. And then my buddy at that time, he kind of stopped doing it. And then, but I I just didn't stop. I just kept going and I did it. And I moved to New York and did it. And uh, for almost 10 years, in New York, and then I came out here uh, almost two years ago.
0: And so then what made you head out to L.A.? Was it just that the scene was blowing up so much out
1: there? Uh, Well, it was kind of a combo platter of various things. The rents in New York City are pretty abominable, and not not to say that the rents in L.A. are much cheaper. They're they're actually kind of equivalent, but in New York, you pay a price uh, to live in a you know, six by four cell, you know, it's just awful living. Um, You know, it's just not good for a human being to be living that kind of lifestyle. And I did it for like a decade almost in New York, like living in tiny places and, uh, you know, just cramped, like no kitchen, you know, just dealing with all that, just being, you know, no space. It was just, I had no fucking space and you're always, half the season it's cold. So you're indoors, you're in these indoor spaces, you're in your place and, and just like, it's not comfortable. Um, I mean, it's fine when you're like 19, 20 to 25, but after that, I'm just like, all right, I'm getting too old to be living this lifestyle. I need to stretch my goddamn legs. You know what I mean? I can't be in this prison cell anymore. It was, it was, it was that. And, uh, the, the major thing though, that made me want to move to LA was I was in a creative rut, uh, and because of a lifestyle that became too predictable, uh, and too routine, uh. I was I fell into a routine, and for like three years or thereabouts, I was just doing the same stuff all the time. Very, very, um, it wasn't very dynamic. My life was become this. I mean, I had I was living with a girlfriend. Uh, I would like you know get up, walk the dog, you know, go to my audition, come home, write, do this, boob, maybe play some video games, go out to the same places where I do, and go out and do jokes at night. Come back home, just like doing the same thing all the time. And I started to uh, lose my creative spark, my vision. Uh, I even started to become se- a little self-destructive, where I was doing things out of straight up boredom, you know, like straight up ennui, as the French say. Like so, yeah. so I'd go up out at night and 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 I'd tell jokes and stuff. But then I started drinking too much because I was just completely bored. I started like, I, I'll just give you one example of how how like just. How, much, how self-destructive I was because I was in a routine and I just wanted to do anything that was, that was out of the ordinary. Uh, uh, someone asked me if I wanted to try meth and I said yes without even thinking about it in New York City uh, before I moved <laughs> out of there. That, that's the point I was. I was cheating on the girlfriend that I lived with at the time. Uh, and, you know, so I was doing all of this self-destructive stuff. It just was bad. And I thought to myself, I need to make a change and I I have to stay around the industry though, so you got to really be in New York or LA if you want to do what I do, which is audition for stuff and and do a lot of stand up comedy, you know. And so, uh, LA is the other option. And I was kind of familiar; with, I had some friends move out here. I got a little bit of family out here, so it seemed like a natural move to me. So, but those were the reasons basically why I came out. And I got to tell you, the weather is is really really great, and that helps as well. So I'm very. Uh, you know, so it was a combo platter of all of those reasons. So it wasn't that you were in love with the four
0: hundred five, and you were just like, "I have to get to the four hundred five now, so they can fucking sit on the freeway."
1: Dude, how do you know the four hundred five? It's crazy. <laughs>
0: okay, I, I live. So you probably don't know much about me and like my background, obviously. But I live in Winnipeg, Canada, where it is cold AF, and uh, we get winter for like six months a year. But we're isolated like we're one of the most isolated cities in the world as far as uh, like one that has a pretty significant population um so we're far away from Toronto and Calgary and other major cities but with that said it's not like i haven't left the city before man i've been to la a bunch of times and the valley and yeah you know like austin and
1: it's funny that know. you mentioned the 405 cuz i just i moved to downtown uh Fairly recently, so and I was on the west side my first year and change, like West Hollywood area. No, I was in the like Culver City area near Venice over there, kind of near the water.
0: Yeah, that's a great. Yeah,
1: really nice area. But uh, when you're over there, the four hundred five is part of your life because that's that West Side Highway. You know, you're always on it. And now that I've been over here downtown, I'm hardly ever on it. It. uh, I was on it yesterday uh, for the first time in a while or last night rather for the first time in, in probably a month or more. And, uh, I just was like, and it's just the crappiest highway ever. And of course it was just jammed as it always is. This is the worst highway. It's funny that you brought it up because last night I was thinking about it when I got on and I was like, I haven't been on the four or five and, and I, and let me tell you something. I don't miss it. (laughs) No, dude,
0: it's the worst. I remember the first time I went to LA, I, I was there for, I can't remember. I was there for like maybe three weeks, something like that. And, uh, I drove the four hundred five quite a bit. I was staying in Long Beach, driving up to, where was I driving? Now I can't remember. I was driving somewhere, somewhere where there's like a bunch of factories, like you know, where like the areas where clothing's made.
1: Uh, Yeah, it's probably. I'm guessing Commerce, California. That's where a lot of factories are. I think, but I'm just guessing. I don't know for sure.
0: So did did a lot of driving, and I remember like coming home. The first thing I wanted to do, like, normally, like, oh, I can't wait to, like, get to some green space or do something, like, just do something that's, like, a home routine. And I was, like, I'm stoked to get on, like, the Trans-Canada Highway and just go straight as fast as I want, as fast as I can, because there won't be cars in my way. It was, like, the weirdest thing.
1: That is weird, but it makes total sense because you never even can even get up to speed around here. I mean, it's like, no, it's like you you get, know, always, it like yeah. gives you anxiety. Gotten say, I've gotten parking tickets up the ass, but I've never gotten a speeding ticket since I've been out here. And I know, and and I hardly know anyone who ever gets speeding tickets out here because you just can't even get up to that speed. <laughs> no, well, you can't get a speeding ticket when you're going three point five miles an hour. Like, yeah, you can't move, so no one's ever. We always get parking tickets out here, but we hardly ever get speeding tickets.
0: Yeah, it's so savage, man. The four
1: oh five. It is savage. That's a good. That's a good word to describe it. I'll tell you, man. So when you
0: like, when you're out east, right, and you started getting a little bit self-destructive, then w- were you aware? Like, were you pretty self-aware where it was one of those things? You're like, "Fuck, Jonesy, like you're better than this, or you shouldn't be doing it." But you couldn't control it, or was it just like you almost lost sight of oh. yourself? Um. I mean obviously you're self-aware enough to make a change which is good.
1: Like yeah, the- yeah. Sh- yeah, yeah, sure. Um I guess I let it go. I mean I, I would like to s- think that I'm the kind of person that sees it and can stop it right but obviously I mean I went like two two or more years like that. About 2 years like that, I'd say. And I I, I just let it happen and I I didn't really I didn't really take the initiative like I I probably should have. I don't know. Some people fall into that rut forever, though, right? I guess so. They they just totally. live that. They just live that life forever and ever. So or it goes or it gets like worse. Like it just gets worse and worse. I mean, what's it gets, it? and it gets worse and worse. A downward spiral. I guess I I had the wherewithal to sort of see that I needed to change, and and it took me a couple of years to impl- implement it. But and again, you know, it's hard to it's hard to just uproot yourself when you, you know, I was living with a woman, you know, um, it wasn't like, I can be like, Hey, you know what? My, I got to get out of here. I'm going to Cali by in the end, it kind of was like that a little bit. We kind of had a, you know, she's like, I'm going to move to Jersey and I'm like, all right, I'm going to go out to LA and check it out. And and, so, uh, but it, it, you know, it's hard to just go, all right, that this is, I got to go now. And you know, when you live with someone, you were in a, you know, we signed a lease together and all this crap. I couldn't just uproot myself right away. So I guess to do it for two years is, is um, pretty, I guess it's a pretty short time. Then I guess compared to a lot of people like that, like you said, they just continue in a downward spiral that way, or they just do the same thing forever. You know, you go to dinner, right? You see these, you see these couples, you see them sitting there and they, they don't say a damn thing. They just eat their food. And it's just like, those are two people that have just let the routine drag them into a zombie like state. They don't do anything about it. They don't experience anything new. Uh, and they just go on and on and, until it's like, they are sort of like waiting, waiting to die, you know? And, and, and I I would never be that. You know, I'm not the quickest person to realize I'm doing something destructive or in a routine and make a change. I'm not the quickest person, but I guarantee you, I'm not going to do that for that long. Cause I just can't, I just can't live with the idea of being, becoming one of those people that you see. You know, yeah. I mean, the, like I just described—that sit in the restaurant, and just stare at each other, and I just well, can't. well, that's it, man. It's like autonomy
0: can be the best and the worst thing in the world, right? Like people who have autonomy as far as time goes—let's say time and financial freedom—it mm, can, yes. can be the best thing in the world, or it can be the worst because it, if you if you're not using your time in the best way you could, then it's like, it's so easy to become self-destructive. It's like idle. I can't remember. There's some saying like idle time is like the devil's hands or something. Idle
1: hands are the devil's handy. Idle, idle hands are the devil's handiwork or something like that. Yeah.
0: and, And so it can be destructive, but then it's like you look at the other side of it and yeah, man, there are people who get stuck in a routine, right? It's maybe not a game of autonomy that gets them to a, a bad place, but it's like who's to say that somebody's living a life where – to each their own, right? Maybe everyone's got a different perception, but some people live a life where they like work in that cubicle job for 30 years till they get the gold watch and I think that's on the outs a little more, but still – and you just have like your life is sucked out of you because your dream was to do open mics or to freaking act or something, and instead you're just yeah. like driving a minivan and like sure. hating life, and you're yeah. too afraid to say something or make
1: a change. So yeah, so there's a couple things going on here. This is interesting. I love talking about this kind of stuff, by the way. So like putting up, putting your dreams on hold, and then living with that self guilt uh, and that that regret uh, is is hard, right? So that's 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 one thing, and I think a lot of people suffer from that, right? A lot of people, a lot of my friends that went to I went to high school with, they're not doing shit, and they had dreams, man. It's like, where's the star quarterback that I knew, man? I don't even know where that guy is, but he was supposed to be something, and he's not, and he wasn't. How do, What is his life like? What is his brain like when he goes to the bar and sits down? And does he numb it with twelve Michelob lights? I mean, I don't know. I'm guessing he probably does. That's a hard thing to live with—the regret of not of unfulfilled goals and dreams. So that's one thing. The other thing that's going on too is is, and this is like a on a physiological level. I, I looked into this shit because I, I think it's interesting. When you don't have new experiences, right, your brain becomes like your brain doesn't create new pathways. And yeah. So your your brain becomes, uh, like you know, like uh, like a puddle that that hasn't been stirred up. You know, it becomes fetid. You know. Y- yeah. So your brain Your brain needs new experiences so that new synapses can form new pathways. Because in those moments or when you you experience that chemical burst those peptides they used to call them peptides they keep the brain you know it's like brain juice your brain won't squeeze out any juice if you're just doing the same shit all the time it's those new experiences that do that and i and when i when i read that i was like that makes total sense to me that makes total sense to me and i'm never going to let that happen i will continue to to, and you know, I'm not crazy, but like you know, I I ice skated for the first time. i have never done that before. You know, despite growing up in Massachusetts, I never ice skated. I tried ice skating last last year at an indoor place over here in Los Angeles. It's kind of funny. Like the first place I ice skated in my life was Los Angeles. But yeah, and uh, and it's like get you know coming out here. This is good for my brain juice. You know. Get, uh, you know going on auditions again but for new stuff for different tv shows with new casting directors and doing new shows out here with new comedians who i don't know uh, you know scary frightening all this stuff but good for the brain that juice it, it the the electrical pathways in your brain that start firing in these new ways you know this is this is good it keeps you young it keeps you young it keeps you excited um we need this and the, and and so many people that they fall into that routine they they don't their brains start to get hardened, you know?
0: Yeah. I mean, it's, it's smelling different air, um, hearing different birds, seeing different trees, like all of that stuff. It's all this, these different experiences and this exposure to stimuli that makes us who we are. I mean, that's like not to post-rationalize it and get back to the whole thing, but like that that's what makes up our character, right? Is like, we've had all these life experiences and and they're just, all of our experiences are a calculation of Everything we do up to a point is what forms kind of our personality and our character. And if you are continuing to realize that you should expose yourself to different things, um, you'll have that growth mindset, right? You'll have that open mind to um, to be – I mean, you just become a different person in a positive way. You become more empathetic and you become uh, more excited and uh, you, you just you, – you l- enjoy life more right it's like things suck when they get stagnant they just do they just suck when they get stagnant and they get boring and that's kind of like it sounds what happened um, when you're in new york where it's just like well it's groundhog day over and over again groundhog
1: yeah, day Yeah, groundhog day one of my favorite films and yeah i never thought of it as that analogy but that's a perfect perfect uh, description of it, it kind of was like groundhog day man you forget
0: what day it is because it's just like every day is the same and then it's like and then you start to question if you're even doing the right thing like should i be doing these sets like what am i doing with my life and it's like oh man
1: in my comedy you know i listened to some of those sets from that time and they were a little angry um i'm i'm not a i'm I'm a little edgy comic anyways uh but i was doing some angry shit man i could just uh, you could just you can hear it in my voice that i'm just so over it you know and then, and then the other thing was, uh, man, the th- stuff I did to this woman that I lived with. Oh, I feel so awful about that, you know. And 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 to continue to 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 do that to her would have been, I mean, it was bad enough I did it to her for as long as I did, but to continue to do that with her, no human being deserves to be treated that way, you know. And, and I feel bad about that, and and so I had to stop doing that as well because you hurt people around you, you know. That's the other thing.
0: Were you were you pissed off at yourself at the time? Where you're like. Man, jonesy you gotta stop this but you couldn't or was yeah, it yeah
1: yeah i kind of was yeah i kind of was pissed off at myself
0: i mean it doesn't feel good right like doing just doing things that are like i don't want to say deceitful or like secretive anything like that it just never feels good and it doesn't feel good nobody feels good unless you're like a sociopath no one ever feels good about being truly hurtful towards another human being because i don't think we're programmed that way we're not programmed to be mean we can learn to be mean but we're not programmed because we all have emotions right and yeah it's like you can't not feel pretty shitty when you're like geez i know it's like i wouldn't want to be treated that way but it's hard to stop sometimes because you're like where do i stop fuck it i'm just gonna do it again and i'll stop next week I'll stop next Monday. Yeah. <laughs> it's always yeah. Monday, you know. And, and, okay, and, and, I got to set this Saturday. On Sunday, it's a, a a day with the Lord. I will go see the good Lord. Yeah. <laughs> I'll get saved by the Lord. No, yeah. but you know what I'm saying? It's like people. It's like you can make up shit every which way.
1: And, yeah, uh, and you know, the and the drinking would a lot of times be the sort of the 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 igniter of the behavior, you know, Uh, because when you when you when you inebriate yourself, you you know you you can make any sort of decision and justify it, you know. And then it's yeah. the next nothing, day. I'm just like, God damn it, man. Yeah, I mean, nothing good ever comes from from drinking. Like, it's
0: not like yeah. uh, w- one guy actually. He's a he's a guy I grew up with, and I know he he got into some trouble himself. And he um, he was always like, man, nothing ever good happens after two a.m. I'm like, you're right. Like, there's literally zero. Yeah. Mm -hmm. zero that happens there's a lot of fun and a lot of insane stories but there's something that like anything past 2 a.m like there's always some shit that's about to go down whether you drank too much and ended up in a bush or like freaking decided it was a good idea to rob a convenience store right like there's just some shit that goes down and
1: (laughs) yeah Totally, totally. And, you know, the good thing about out in L.A., I mean, I don't know if everyone else feels this way, but since I've been out here, I feel a pressure not to drink because of, you know, uh, strict DUI laws and that kind of thing. So I've been very sober since I've been out here. And then how's it like when you moved there? Did you know anybody in the scene? Oh, yes, yes. I've had some friends, uh, you know, because a lot of comedians in New York would and actors in New York make the move out here. Uh, So, yeah, it's very common. So I I know a lot of people out here already. And then I came out here to visit a couple times too, and, and met even more people. So I had already knew some people out here, not a sh- not a lot, but an- enough enough to so I didn't feel totally lost when I came out here. And I have a little bit of family here. I got a uh, a few. I got three cousins, uh, and a pair of aunts and uncles that live out here.
0: And we so when you're out there now, you're doing you're doing your sets. Like, are you you doing mostly open mic stuff? Are you um, opening for people? Like, where
1: where where like
0: where are you mostly? Uh,
1: I I want I do a combination of all these things because it's difficult to get decent stage time out in LA. There's not as many shows as there was in New York, so you have to just kind of be open to doing anything, uh, including open mics. And so I'm doing everything. So occasionally. Uh, I'm not past at any clubs out here um but occasionally I'll have a friend that produces a show at a club and I'll get on it uh and then I know you know bookers that book these you know these individually produced shows a lot of them are one-offs once a month or every other week some of them are weekly and you got to make friends with these producers and then you do their shows as often as possible most of which are unpaid but you just do it you know to to just do your craft to get better yeah um, And I mean,
0: the scene's so different out there, man. Like in the past, like five for sure, but 10 years, like the store, the factory, like all, all those joints are not what, I mean, dude, nobody used to go to, well, I shouldn't say nobody, but like people would go to the laugh factory, they'd go to the comedy store, but it's not like it was, or like now it's not like it was. It's like people are freaking traveling from around the world to go
1: to the store or to go to the ice house or to go to wherever, right? Um, yeah I'd imagine they would with social media now and all the the, com- the, the explosion of the com- comedy specials on Netflix that have sort of pushed out uh, these names to a, a worldwide audience I'd imagine yeah more people are interested in when they come to town they want to see these people that they've seen on Netflix they want to see them live in person so they'll go to the store and uh, and they'll go to the laugh factory and the improv with the hopes that, of seeing these people
0: and, and that's where you're doing I guess it depends if like you've got friends you're producing shows at any one of those joints and that's where you'll you'll get in on or like where are you doing your open mics
1: oh the open mics are um you know all over the place so you know coffee shops bars uh there are this show there's a lot of open mics and most of them are pretty bad i don't do them too often but i'll sprinkle them in occasionally uh there's a. I live near a coffee shop that does one every night, and so okay, if I'm feeling, it's not very good, but I'll, you know, occasionally I'll go over there, and uh, if I got a night off and I feel like I want to try something out, I'll go over there. And uh, but you really roll the dice with those kinds of shows, you know, because you can't tell. So you get there if it's going to be, you know, there's going to be any customers in there. Am I just going to be telling jokes to like two musicians and a poet or like, is there yeah. gonna be just seven comedians on their iPhones? I mean, I, you never know what it's going to be. Open mics are rough. So I try not to do as many, too many of them anymore. At least in L.A. they're a little rough. In New York, they were a slightly better.
0: Yeah, especially if you're like if you want to test new material too. Like, there's stuff in your back pocket. That you're like, dude, I know I can murder with this. But then if there's stuff that you're like, oh, I'm not sure. I just want to test this out. And there's the the poet with the the freaking beatnik and some hippie musician. Then you're like. <laughs> Doesn't matter what I say; like it's just not going to be well received.
1: Yeah, yeah, there there are those moments, and I know I don't even do I, I, you know, I won't even do my a material for the most part unless I am doing like a real show that's paid show or people paid to be there, or it's like a packed crowd, and then I'll do. And I always have other shit that I am trying to work out. So I mean, I am constantly trying out new material. I am constantly fixing. You know, no. A joke is never—it's like a painting. A joke is never complete. It's only abandoned. It's like when you decide it's done, it's done. But it's really never done. If you really like something and you want to keep talking about a p- specific subject, it'll never be done. So there are parts of bits that I'll just keep working on, working on until, until I get sick of the bit as in, entirely. So there's always something to work on, and and so I always have work to do. I mean, there's never, there's never a time when I won't have something to, to work on at a, on the mic, and so. It behooves me to do it as often as possible. Um, unfortunately, uh, I don't do it as much as I did in in New York, and uh, sometimes I worry that I'm kind of losing my my stand up edge since I've been out here. Um, but then maybe I'm crazy. I don't know. <laughs> why Why would you think that though? Just because I'm not getting the amount of stage time that I was back in New York, you know. So I f- sometimes I feel like I'm losing my my edge. Like sometimes I'll go. Like, I'll, I'll do a bit, and I'll just kind of forget a part of it or something, and that's just because I haven't been doing it every night like I was in New York. And so I'm like, God damn it, man. It's, I got to get it. You know, it. I don't know. It, it's something like that's going on, I think. But I could just be paranoid. But I do occasionally feel like I've lost my edge because of a lack of quality stage time out here. Have you done any touring? And very little touring. What I'll usually do is wherever I'm at, I'll tour that area only. So when I lived in New York, I would travel to Jersey or Pennsylvania or upstate New York to do shows only. Maybe uh, Connecticut as well. Uh, when I was in Boston doing it for the brief time I was there, I would drive to Maine, New Hampshire, Rhode Island, uh and now that I'm out here in L.A., like I'll drive to Long Beach to do shows. I'll drive down to Huntington Beach, down to Orange County, San Diego I was at a couple weeks ago. I'll drive up to Ventura. I've gone up to San Francisco, so I'll drive up in this area. But I won't go on like a tour tour like you see these comics go, like these national headlining comics that tour all over the country. Um, they I, go to, I, I, I don't know. I don't. I'm not really interested in that. I don't really want to be – hanging out in a strip mall in Dayton, Ohio on a Thursday night. I just it doesn't interest me. I want to be out in I want to be out in the metropolitan area that I live in and kind of squeeze it for all it's worth culturally and for other the opportunities that are here entertainment-wise like auditions and stuff. Like I can't be in Wisconsin all week, you know? I got to be if what if an audition for a TV show that I'm perfect for happens here. I have to be here for that. So I don't really do that.
0: Yeah, and I think the games changed too. Like you hear about guys like um, Berbiglia that he did it. Like he did the old like I'll live out of my car. And Diaz did it, and all those all those guys did it. Yeah, before yeah, sure. the internet, right? Like they did it. That was like a thing that you could do where you're like, I'm hitting the road because it was a road game. Call, let's say ten years ago,
1: right? Yeah. So like you Is do that. Run? Like Kevin Hart did that too. You know, he would go on the road and he would collect email addresses. You know, and he would. But that's like you build it up from there. Media. You that's know. that's pretty like grassroots, you know, and that bands used to have to do that too, you know uh you go on different. the road, you know we lose money, but we're you know we're we're spreading our music around. they had to do that to spread their music around, but well, you don't have to do that to spread your art around anymore no, I goodness. think there is some benefit to going on the road though, as a comic because then you get to learn you know it's helpful if you can get in front of as many diverse audiences as possible just to see how your material will be received you know um so how 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 does my material get received in, I don't know, New Orleans, for instance, or or as opposed to Corpus Christi, Texas, or, you know, maybe, what's it like in Alaska? How are they going to receive it? I don't know. That's kind of interesting. But to me, that's more of a curious, I'm curious, I'm more of, a, it's more of a curiosity. I don't feel compelled to have to go do that and do that experiment. And, um, and not to say if someone offered me big money to go up there for a couple of days, I wouldn't do it, but. Those offers aren't coming in yet. Those offers won't come in until, who knows, until I hit it on some level, which I haven't. And so that's kind of – so I'm just – I need to stay in L.A. to make that happen, I feel
0: like. Yeah, and there's no – that's the thing that's so crazy is there's no, like, quote-unquote way to make it anymore, right? Like, there's a million ways. Whereas back in the day, like, my my best friend is a, a musician. Um like, we grew up playing music to, together and that, and he moved to Nashville, like, gosh, over 10 years ago. Um, so, like, he, he had been in Toronto, and he had been... Actually, he and I went to L.A. We spent some time out there together, and then he ended up in Nashville. Because um, he was like, hey, it's kind of like L.A., where it's like, okay, hey, go to where all the music's being made. And he was debating moving between L.A. and Nashville and New York. And Nashville ended up being the place to go, but it's uh it's just so competitive it's like comedy now there's just so many ways to make it there's so many different people doing it it's accessible through all these different distribution channels and there are a lot of really good people that you're like that person like that dude or that chick murders at comedy or is like super good at music and they're just like oh look at them with like four video views on that thing why haven't they made it right and it's there are so many factors but yeah, man, it's it's a different ball game. It's tough now.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, some people argue that it's the best time to do it. So I also
0: um, think it's the best time yeah, to do it too,
1: though. I think. But it's I, there's two sides to this coin. There's two sides to this coin because you got a person. I'll just say from my point of view, okay. So, like, let's say this was 25 years ago. There was a clear path to success. You got it with, you know, with dollars and cents behind it, like. So I knew as a comedian, I had to get on the. I had to get on the Tonight Show. That's what you. That's all you're gonna do. You get on the Tonight Show, 30 years ago, and your your career is made at that point. You knew it exactly. You knew it, and you could pinpoint that. And you could. What do you do? Well, you just develop a five, perfect five minutes, and you spend your whole you spend years and years developing that five minutes. You get that five minutes fucking perfect. Well, now I don't I don't know what to do, and I'm almost like sometimes I feel like I'm paralyzed. By too many options I'm paralyzed to the point where I don't know where to begin uh, there's no roadmap for me and I just don't know what to do sometimes it's frustrating but um yeah it's just that's that's just my point of view though for me
0: that's what my my best friend found too with music where it was like wh- where do you begin do you tour do you sit do you sit on freaking twitter or instagram or whatever dming people all day Are you cold calling places to be like, hey, can I come do a gig? Um, Are you trying to record tracks or like for comedians, like work on their set, do some writing so that you can uh, like distribute that to whatever agents or whatever it is? Or Or, or, are you you just like jamming out auditions saying,
1: I'm going to make it. Are you doing. Yeah, sure, or are you making YouTube videos? Or are you do are you yeah. live streaming? Are you doing Instagram short clips of your music? Are you doing longer versions of those? Are you live streaming a live show? What the fuck do you do? You can't do all of these things, you know, so no. it's like it's hard to it's hard to settle into a, a groove. And then these things take so much time anyways to make traction. So like let's say let's say I wanted to be Instagram famous with my stand-up and all I did was put short clips of my stand up on Instagram. It takes so long for you to for, for you to make it in that one area anyways like it takes so long to build up a following on a on one social platform as it is it's like it's like i feel like i don't even want to try one unless i know it's a sure thing and but then i don't know what's a sure thing so i'm fucking confused and paralyzed
0: <laughs> so now you're just trying to be anchor famous
1: <laughs> so now i'm going to be anchor famous yeah <laughs>
0: <laughs> you're
1: famous. I'll tell you man, that's a, I'm having a lot of fun with that at least. It doesn't really feel like work, but um it's uh it's been a, it's been a joy uh to be on there. Uh I, I kind of have a I I really have a blast with that at least. Are
0: you just creating basically? Like are you Creating and then like engaging with anybody who's who's reaching out, like call ins and comments, or are you actually like I try
1: I will and, engage like, with almost everybody. Yeah. No, yeah, but like oh. are
0: you are you listening to other people's stuff and being like, hey, and calling in, or are you just kinda producing Oh
1: yes. So I uh I'm a huge sports fan, so I call into the sports show a little bit. Do you for real? Which one? Uh the sports rundown.
0: Oh sweet. Oh nice. See I don't yeah. listen to that. I don't that's not like yeah. my-
1: I'm really I'm really a big sports fan. Uh in fact, I initially approached Anchor with the offer to do sports. Um but then again, then then this thing came around and they liked this idea better, but I was going to tr- I was going to do sports initially cuz I love sports and I'm, I'm very knowledgeable about it, I'm very opinionated. Uh so yeah, I call into the sports one. Uh I was li- I listened I was listening to the science one a little bit and the future one. I I do like I I also listen to occasionally the daily tech one because um, I'm interested in technology and oh, science. Daily, and welcome kind of to the Daily Tech Headlines or whatever that yeah, is. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I like that. I, I like technology and science as well. I sort of like listen to the niches, the niche things that I'm interested in. So how did you get... How did Weird AF go down? Uh, Well, they were looking for people to produce content on this platform, uh, and they posted an ad in the, I think it was like, I think it was a, a comedy group on Craigslist or something. Uh, not Craigslist, I'm sorry, Facebook. It was like a comedy jobs or something on Facebook. And so I'm always in there looking for, you know, gigs and stuff. Some of them even pay. So it's like a good place to go. And uh are like, we're looking for people to produce audio that's engaging. And I've done that before. Um, I've been in the audio game before and made content. I know how to produce and, and And I'm a personality and, I, and I'm opinionated, so I, I know I have something to contribute and I can make a show. I can put a show together. So I reached out to the guy, sent him some clips, and he's like, "I like your vibe, you're funny. We're looking for people to, to host to host some shows and and uh, we had a nice conversation on the phone him and I thereabouts, and he I said, "Well, I have some ideas let me let me record a bunch of stuff and send it to you." So I did a sports one. I did a Boston sports specific show. I sent him the weird a the weird one. Um, I think I did a I think I I I told him I could do host a '90s R&B show. <laughs> so I sent him one. So I did these little. I actually made these little clips of me. I must have made like I don't know a dozen of these little clips of what the show would be. So he would get and I made them short, like thirty seconds or a minute, not even. And it was just like me going off and doing that thing what I thought the show was. And then he came back, and one of them was the weird, weird AF news. And he came back was like he liked, he really liked that weird AF news one. He said, you know, he, if he gets it, he'd like to get it approved because it was a little too strange for what they were looking for. But he got it approved, and he's, you know, and then I began working with them the the uh, last month. So,
0: oh yeah, so you're yeah, because you're relatively new to the platform then. Say what? Yeah, I said because I guess you're relatively new. Like, Weird AF is new. I forget when the, like, things have kind of exploded on the platform in, in, since. That's right. Um, Not that, like, I haven't been on forever, but I was on right around when 2.0 launched, which was probably Uh back in
1: March. Oh, you've been on for a while then. Yeah, Yeah, I'm new. I'm so new.
0: Producing content too, like I've been doing it for for a bit. So
1: you've been doing you've been on there a while, and that's great. Yeah, I didn't even know they were around this long. That's yeah. so cool.
0: Yeah, fun, man. Super fun. So who, I like
1: it. I enjoy it.
0: Who who were you talking to? Then were you dealing with? I guess Mike or
1: uh, I was dealing with Danny. Oh, cool. Uh, Danny's the uh, the the only one out of all of them who is based in L.A. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's does... a New York City company. Yeah, and he met me for coffee out here and and made, gave me you know sort of. When he really told me what he wanted to do with me. That's sweet. Yeah, he's a really cool guy, man. Really, really talented man, too. Doing a lot of things. He's really cool. This company's great. Yeah, it's,
0: uh, I mean, Anchor, it's one of those things where it's, it's kind of this sleeper. I think it's interesting because it's, it's somewhat of a platform, but it's also very much of like a social network. Like it is. That's what it encourages. And I think it's honestly, I think it's like the next big platform. Um, I just think there's an audience that loves video and there's an audience that loves photos and there's an audience that likes Twitter and there's an audience that likes audio and some, there's some overlap and then there are people that will come out of the woodwork that it's like, I'm not on anything, but I'm on this platform.
1: Yes. I mean, audio, like you said, is a, among all those things, I think I love it, man. I mean, I've been, I listen to, I don't know about you, but I listen to tons of podcasts. I mean, I've been, what what time is it already? I probably already listened to four podcasts already today, you know? And I'll listen to two probably two more before the night is out.
0: Yeah, you're uh, a savage. That's that's the boat I'm in, dude.
1: Well, yeah. I mean, you just let it run as you do things. I get in my car. Like, I drove, when I drove home, um, you know, I I spent the night at my ex-lady's house last night and then, that's in Santa Monica to drive here to downtown. You know, it was probably a half an hour or more. I had a podcast on. Uh, you know, then when I got home I had to do I'm doing laundry and I was cooking. Put put another podcast on. And then I went for a fucking stroll, I put another podcast on. It was like it's just like just throw it on, man. And you can have it on around you all the time. It's great. So anchor fits right in with this stuff.
0: Yeah, that's I mean, that's the same boat that I'm in. The one thing that I found is that I can't I can't listen to Anchor stuff when I'm driving or when I'm like whatever. It depends on what I'm doing. Um, Maybe when I'm cooking because you can let stuff run through. But I like if I'm – let's say I'm cooking or I'm driving or something. I like longer form podcast stuff. I don't like quick sound bites. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Sure, sure.
0: So it's like it depends on what I'm doing. If I was going on a road trip, like I I don't mind throwing on something like uh, Rogan's podcast. It's three hours. Like yeah, so that. Yeah, listen dude, to that freaking, one too.
1: Kreischer, dude, that guy knocked out like a five and a half hour podcast. A couple. Oh, really? Oh, no, I don't listen to him. I do listen to Rogan though. Uh, here's the thing with that. So I'm, I'm like you though. So I guess, I guess the better way to break it down is like if you, if I'm doing something where I, I'm not, I don't need to be right next to my phone and handling my phone, then I could just, then I can listen to anything but anchor but anchor kind of like so a long podcast you just throw the phone down you're doing whatever and you never have to get to it but if you're going to listen to anchor you kind of have to be near the phone because you're going to want to skip some stories you want to go on and move around a little bit you might want to type something or call in or
0: exactly and that's the thing yeah yeah, because it's a social platform right like it's really for like social engagement so that's the thing The, the one thing that's funny dude is like when i'm listening to like some whatever it is i listen to tons of different shit um but Let's say I'm listening to like a Gimlet Media podcast, uh, and I'm like, "Oh, I really like that," and I like want to go clap. You ever do that where you're listening to like something <laughs> yeah. else yeah, through? Yeah, yeah. Like, you want to go <laughs> clap for
1: it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, you're, and you're like, yeah, yeah. "Whoa, whoa, not yeah. the right
0: platform." It's so yeah. fun. or you, you want to call funny.
1: in? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so what what are your what do you like to listen to? Like, what are some podcasts that you listen to?
0: Oh, dude, I could go deep on this. I mean, I like what, I've got, if
1: you had to recommend like two podcasts to me, like what would they be? And like, let's make make sure that like, don't give me a comedian because I know all the comedians. Give me some other stuff.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, comedians, you could probably guess the ones that I listen to. I listen to a ton. Right now, I've probably got 60 something on my phone and they change in and out. But I try to listen to most of those um, in a week, like when they drop it gets harder and harder because it's like you spend some time doing anchor stuff. And I also have like two young kids and shit and it's like, you know, I don't have all the time in the world to be fucking just, yeah, that's a lot. Ear bleeding with audio, but
1: yeah, it's like a part-time job. <laughs> <laughs> oh
0: yeah. For real. It is. Um, and then recording stuff like character stuff on top of it, which is like a different story altogether. But, uh, yeah, you could guess every comedian podcast that I probably listen to. Marin. Kreischer, Ari, Trussell, Rogan, Diaz—all those goofballs—and um, then outside of that, pretty much everything Gimlet does, Gimlet Media.
1: So tell me about Gimlet Media. I'm not. Oh, dude, not Gimlet's,
0: Gimlet's killer. Gimlet's killing it. Um, do you listen to like any NPR stuff?
1: I used to. Um, well, I used to live with a guy who. Had it on a loop just all day and all night. You just had an NPR on. So by default, I was exposed to a lot of NPR um, in New York City a few years ago. Yeah, But I, I don't really listen to that anymore, but I, I'm familiar.
0: Yeah, so you, did you ever listen to This American Life or Planet Money or anything
1: like that? Yeah, I used to hear those shows. Yep, for sure. I'm familiar with those shows. Yeah,
0: so you've for sure heard Ira Glass, obviously. Oh, and yeah, yeah,
1: I, Ira Glass. Absolutely, absolutely.
0: And you've almost for sure heard Alex Bloomberg
1: probably heard alex bloomberg yes
0: so bloomberg's the guy who actually started planet money as like a spin-off from this american life and he went and he like so he started planet money and then um a couple other guys took over anyways bloomberg in like 14 and guys like seems like this like super nice guy really knowledgeable with podcasts because he's got so much experience and he's Bloomberg's probably like closer to 50 now, like mid-40s, mid to late 40s. Um, but dude was like, yeah, I'm going to go start a podcasting company. And it's basically like Netflix of podcasts, but all they do is produce original content. And he was like, well, I'm going to call this podcast Startup Podcast and it's going to be about like my journey of trying to create a podcast company. So the first episode is like, hi, my name's Alex Bloomberg and I'm going to start a podcasting company. And then he went to the Valley and he tried to raise money and he went. So everyone like goes through this journey with him and he didn't really have a good business acumen. I don't know what it is now, but at the time when he went to go raise money, he was like shitting the bed on all these pitches. And people were like, dude, what are you trying to do here? Anyway, so he started this this company. Now they've got, we'll call it like 15 original podcasts, and they've got like a creative, um, Gimlet Creative, they call it where they produce podcasts for companies like eBay and Gatorade and whatever. And they just raised another round, and they're valued. This was like probably a month ago they raised, and they're valued at like 70 mil, like three years later. And it's only going up. So they've turned... Yeah, dude, if you've heard, I mean, you would know from... Just being in the scene, but if you heard auditions going around for that show, Life with Alex or something, it's called Life no, of. Alex. I haven't Alex. heard about that. It's a show like ABC is doing it. It's called Life of Alex or with Alex or something, and it's a show about Bloomberg starting Gimlet Media, and it's like a sitcom. Just is I think it's dropping this fall.
1: So, uh, what shows on Gimlet do you really? Would you really recommend? Like, give me through. reply
0: all. Uh, Heavy reply all. Yeah, reply all is ridiculous, man. That's such a great, great podcast.
1: And they're based out of okay, New York. Right, Mister Reply all, and what's the other one?
0: Uh, heavyweight, super good. Heavyweight. Uh, yeah. Startup podcast. Uh, I've heard of that. I've
1: heard
0: of that one. It, lots of different ones. I mean, they all have their merit, right? So it depends on it depends on a person's. I guess. It depends on their taste for storytelling because they all have different types of, of the way that they tell a story like the one guy from Heavyweight is this super super dry guy Jonathan Goldstein and he's got like freaking his sense of humor is as dry as a rice cake Like it is
1: as dry as a rice cake yeah.
0: <laughs> but but it's like he's a really good storyteller and it's just kind of like he does these pretty like interesting stories that are 45 minutes so you just kind of listen and you're like oh that was neat and then Reply All is, it goes in every direction. It's a podcast about the internet. But, yeah, man, the, uh, there's a lot of good shit. So, I mean, I listen to those. I listen to, even back to comedy one I forgot to mention is uh, Guys We Fucked.
1: Oh, yeah, those are very good friends of mine, actually.
0: Yeah, they're, they're funny, man.
1: Yeah, yeah. The, those, I'm, I'm very, very tight with those two girls. Well, uh, they, they occasionally will stay with me when they come out to L.A., um, where I when thought I'm they were in LA. New, I'm going to New York. I may go to New York. I'm thinking about it. I'm gonna stay. I would stay with Corinne. Um, in fact, we were just texting yesterday about it because um, I'm thinking about making a trip back and I'll, and I'll stay with her. No, they live in New York.
0: Yeah, dude, they're funny though. They're good. They're good. They're so great. Those women.
1: Unreal. Yeah, yeah. I've known them forever. They're just such nice girls. And they had an idea. People said that they were crazy. Made fun of them for it and look what happened yeah i mean there and i just
0: i had zero connection to it right that was like full on discovery through uh like the podcast app just checking it i mean i cruise it all the time being like hey what's what's like up on the charts and then you see shit and it's like i'll i'll do a test drive take the car yeah, out for a spin right that. so yeah, usually yeah. it's like i'll try to listen to more than one because uh-huh. it's like maybe you get an off episode but i was like f- you can just tell it's like they've got good chemistry together and i was like Fuck, i'm kind of into this so listen to a few episodes and then i was like i was like that's on the weekly rotation for sure super yeah that's
1: good that's good i'm and glad then, you support them I'm, I'm on one of the episodes i can't remember which one how oh, are, are you, you could... Yeah, you should go listen to it. It's about me telling about my talking about my cheating ways. Oh, dang, dude. Back when I was back in New York, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but they've had – see, I mean, those are the interesting stories,
0: right? Is the, there was one that I remember where they talked to – I want to say the guy's name is Tony, and he was like I, – I don't know which one of their apartments, like he's in the same building as them, like lives across the way or something. Anyways, they'd like see this guy, so they're just like, hey, let's have this dude on. And they talked to this dude and he just started opening up about how he was like super unhappy and like his marriage and shit. And it was just like a really neat story that they kind of mined out of him, but not in, not in a way that had a ton of pressure. Like he didn't, it didn't feel like, oh, they're, they're putting this guy on the spot. It's just like he just felt compelled to share it and it was really it was a really good episode and i think they left it and they were like fuck that was heat dude that was that was that episode was fire cuz it was as real and legit as you get
1: yeah they're they're very good conversationalists they're super intelligent they're very they're very good girls man they're really good at what they do their live shows i saw the when they were they were out here for a comedy festival uh i want to say in March or February. And, uh, and I, I, I got to hang out with them and I went to this festival. I got to see them do it live. And it's, it's fun live, too. I mean, they bring people on stage. And it was pretty crazy. I, I thought If you ever get a chance to see them live, it's, uh, I recommend it.
0: Actually, I, I, they've been recording the podcast sometimes. They do it live now. And it sounds like I don't know all the shows I get them mixed up with. They've got i don't know they've got shows that they individually do i guess and then do with each other and do with other people like they've got that nacho bitches yeah got i don't know I, which I is a- just
1: like stand-up uh, there's to do there's one that's just stand-up and they do like a hybrid stand-up um Guys, we fuck kind of thing where they'll, you know, they will bring people on stage to in the crowd and get start digging into their relationships and stuff, and then they'll have comedians come out and tell jokes too. So, they do. There's very talented comedians on the on this mic. They can kind of do anything, which is what's so cool. So you don't know what you might see. There was a. I remember there was this episode they dropped. This
0: was probably a couple months ago, but they were doing a live show, and it's like you never know where it's gonna go. And they had this dude on who, I think he was a younger dude. He got pretty ripped. He He's some, maybe he's got some big social following or something. I don't know how they connected with him. Anyways, he got super ripped and he was like pretty outspoken and he was gay and he was telling all these stories that were whatever. But then he got into like some gnarly stuff and he was like yelling into the mic, like full on yelling and people were, he was like... Talking about, I can't remember if it was like shoving broomsticks up his ass and stuff. And then people were just like so uncomfortable that they started fucking leaving. And then the girls were calling them out and they're like, or he was. It was like a really obscure thing where they're like, oh, well, everyone's leaving, but we're still live. So for everyone who's listening, it was like a really weird dude. But good. Wow. yeah, it was good because you feel like you're kind of, you're listening from afar, but you're like, I can picture what's going on right now.
1: That's wild. I got to listen to that. I know I missed it. That's yeah.
0: Good ask them about it. I can't remember the dude's name. Just ask them if you're, yeah, if you're talking to them.
1: It'd be funny. Oh, yeah. They're they're great. They're great girls. I'm so happy for all their success, too. They really deserve it. They've worked very hard on that thing, despite people saying what a dumb idea it was, you know.
0: So you're going out, you're going back to New York just to visit, or are you hitting, like, are you going out there to work for a bit?
1: Uh, I would go back just to visit. And, uh, to do some shows and make a little bit of money doing, sh- I can do some shows back there, make a little bit of money, kind of break even on a trip and see some people in New York that I've, that I've been wanting to see that I haven't in a while. Corinne being one of them. Um, and, uh, so yeah, yeah. So I would go back, see some friends, uh, cause I, LA gets, I, I gotta admit, um, it's it's been kind of a lonely experience for me. LA is a very isolating place, um, and I, I feel and I miss my friends in New York. Uh, I, I've been quite lonely out here. I, I did have a girlfriend for a while, and that was that was nice, and that was kind of a nice distraction. But in general, LA can be a lonely place. It's you know you it's very spread out, so a lot of times you don't, you're not you're not going to live next next to your friends, and you know you spend a lot of time in your car alone, and it just can be a lonely place, and so. I think um, it's kind of been getting to me lately. And, and uh, so I've been, I've had a trip back to New York on my mind. Cause I think that would be good for me. Uh, like <laughs> therapeutically, you know? Yeah. Yeah.
0: So it's, it's probably because of the density you think just like New York is so densely populated and easy to get around from like a walking or a public transit standpoint, whereas LA is just so spread out that it's a, yeah. a different ball game. I guess it changes personality. I mean, I, when I lived in Toronto, Um, a few years ago, I left, like, probably I moved back to Winnipeg, like, five years ago. Um, yeah, I was out there, like, I went back to school as, like, a mature, mature student, right? So, I, like, went back thinking everybody was, like, old and freaking crummy, and I was like, dude, I'm, like, I could be people's dads here. But, um, went out there, and for the most part, I'd say I'm, like, a relatively outgoing dude without trying to be self-serving just being like aware right say i'm probably more extroverted but it was like almost like turned inward just like full introvert like isolated myself from everyone and just like went inwards i'm just like all i'm gonna do is work on shit and not talk to anyone ever (laughs) because i didn't have friends out there made friends but um i mean i could see how la would do that for you where You go out there, you don't really have like tons of connection and you had like a good little like hub of friends back in New York. And then all of a sudden you're like, well, when I'm alone, I guess I'll just like freaking, I don't know, you get in your own little world, you know?
1: Oh, man, I've learned so much about myself the past like year Um, just because I've been spending so much time alone, like more than I've ever spent in my life, probably more time alone. And that's really kind of. I don't know. It's been eye-opening. It's been interesting. I think the major difference between L.A. and New York in that alone state thing is like, um, and I've said this to a few people, so I, I think I'm onto something here. In So in New York, you know, no one really lives in Manhattan, although I did live there for a while. Um, it's too expensive in general to live in Manhattan. But So, you know, I lived in Queens, but a lot of my friends lived in Queens or Brooklyn. Some people even live in, some, some of my friends lived in the Bronx. You live in the boroughs, but... Everybody either works or plays in Manhattan. You're always going to Manhattan. You're coming through. It's like a mutual meet-up spot. So whenever a friend had a birthday party, it's in Manhattan. Uh, shows that they were doing in Manhattan, uh, gatherings, I mean, not always, but in general, Manhattan is where you gather. and It's, a, it's the central part back there. No matter, no matter what borough you lived in, you had to go to Manhattan. And so you'll see your friends. You'll meet up. It happens. It uh In L.A., there is no central neighborhood. Some people argue, well, Hollywood Prize Central. But some people say, well, no, downtown is. Well, if you live on the West Side, Santa Monica, you're not going to either of those places. There is no central area that we all pass through. What we do is we go and we live in our little neighborhood, our little pocket in Glendale, and then we stay over there. We we go out over there, we live over there, and then you don't unless you go over to Glendale, you're not going to see your Glendale friend now. So. That's kind of a thing that goes on out here in LA. There's no central meeting meetup place. There's no central agreed upon neighborhood that everyone can go and play and meet up in. And I think that creates uh, some isolation for some of us. Uh, me being one of them. It's something I've noticed.
0: Yeah, and I think that I haven't been to New York. That's one place I haven't been, but. Um... New York and Toronto sound somewhat similar on a different scale, but similar in the sense that like there are distinct neighborhoods, like very distinct neighborhoods that are different from each other. Whereas LA, yeah, there's distinct neighborhoods, but they're not that different. Like Manhattan versus like Santa Monica, they're we'll call it they're worlds apart, right? Like they're far enough apart, but they're pretty similar. Like for the most part, it's like, you're going to look at some pretty similar shit. You know, in New York it's like you can find these pockets where you're like, This this is still New York I'm in. Feels different. Right? That's what the way Toronto is. Oh, this is like I'm in Chinatown and it's like yeah. way different. I'm in like the friggin' Portuguese area. And everything feels different.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's um it's 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 uh it's it's been a kind of interesting past year for me with that you know, these things and you know, um spending all this time alone, but I think it's good for me. I really do. Well, kind of forces you to kind of figure out what the hell you are. What do you, what do, you do? Who are you? <laughs> what do you like? Where do you want to go? What do you want to do? Yeah,
0: and like not to get f- too philosophical about it, but like who is Jonesy of today versus like who was I? Like who do I want to be? Like all these things that you think you're like, I used to be like this. And you're like, now I'm kind of like this and I enjoy it. And you're like, maybe I'm changing because I think it's important that – we recognize that we do change as people, and it's not that we totally change, or it's like, oh, look, that's a completely different person, but it's like this evolution. That's what our personalities are. And it's like, you, if you never change, then you become that cubicle person we were talking about before. That's yes, look yes, at that. like Groundhog Day person, just like no yep. life, like a fun sponge. Look at that fun sponge, no brain juice, zero. Zero, because Zero your synapses are running dry. Yep. Nothing, Nothing's going down those neural pathways.
1: That's right. That's right. And then, you know, you got to go get a pill to make it happen. <laughs>
0: exactly, dude. Well, we haven't touched on on uh, any of the early Oh, yeah. What do you want to get stuff? into? I don't know, man. I mean, I don't know how much time you've got, so I, I don't want to take too much of your time, but... I'm, I can jam. what are
1: we at now oh we're at an hour, we're at an hour we could probably let's do another half hour, yeah, dude, I'm game, so we yeah we,
0: we touched on on uh like you grew up on the eastern seaboard, oh yeah, i'm very much east northeast east east coast guy what take- take me back like take me back to kind of day one i mean there's there are everyone has nuggets of stories and like what kind of what was your life like growing up and
1: um well, I don't really—I don't remember day one, but
0: day day two started day two. Day two. Day two. Day two uh, got.
1: It's like I, could just, um, I can just—I can kind of give you just a general idea of of what it was like growing up. Uh, you know, I had a uh, my mom. Uh, so some of the social forces that created me, my mom uh, grew up in a household. Where the where her dad was kind of a, a a tyrant on some level. Um very strict, very strict man. Uh and so she hooked up with the first guy she could come up with and she got knocked up when she was like eighteen, nineteen and moved in with this guy. He was a musician, a very good musician and a very popular band in the area at the time. But he was uh he was uh, an abuser of substances and alcohol and eventually an abuser of her. Uh, so she she took me and left him when I was probably like one, maybe two. I don't remember any of it, really. Um, and so she was a single mom for a while until for like another five years, you know, kind of just raising me on her own, working working two jobs and passing me off to her sisters and shit and neighbors. Uh, And then she, she eventually remarried uh, a guy, a a, a plumber, uh, you know, blue collar work guy, good guy. And then he kind of, he, he became my, he adopted me and became, you know, my father at that point. And I took on his last name. My last name used to be Harrington. It took, I took the last name Jones. Uh, That, that, Actually, I remember that happening uh, in like the like the uh, fifth grade. It was like rather late because I remember like you know coming to school in the fifth grade and being like, "Oh, my last name's Jones now," and all my friends being like, "That's weird. Why?" Uh, So yeah, single parent, remarried, boom. Then he has, and then she had a kid with this guy, and so I have a I have a younger brother, uh, and we're like seven, eight years apart. Uh, and it was a very low middle-class, I mean, my my parents, I remember one time looking at their combined income, I must have been like 15 years old or something, and their combined income was like not even $30,000, it was like they made no money, uh, just kind of a lower, you know, they... I, I didn't have the things that I asked for a lot of times, you know, like I wanted, you know, sophisticated video game systems and, and it just wasn't happening, you know, it was kind of that kind of place. But we always, you know, had, you know, I was, I was eight, you know, and you know, so I mean, we had the basics and then we had a little bit extra, not much. Um, you know, growing up in America, that's not always easy because kids are, you know, kids... A very materialistic culture, and when you're a kid, you you really are materialistic because you're sold the idea from Madison Avenue at a very young age, and before you're too young, old enough to know any better, that materials goods do not make you happy in the end. You buy into it, and so you're obsessed with material goods as a youngster. Um, I was as well, and you know when you go to school, there's a pressure to be of a certain materialistic level, and and I I wasn't there. Compared to a lot of the kids I went to school with. Uh, And so so that was, you know, wasn't the easiest thing to deal with. But, you know, you you get older and you hear other people's stories. Like, you've heard many people's stories. There's so many people worse off than me. uh, You know, listen to Jamie Foxx's childhood. You know, it's like these people, people have it a lot harder than I did. So I'm not, I'm not, I don't want to be like, hey, it was really hard. Because although it sucked in a lot of ways... You know, I, I know what I'm up against as far as the spectrum of possibilities goes. And so I'm grateful that it, it went down as it, as it was, it wasn't so bad looking back on it. Um, So, uh, yeah, yeah. So low, low income, low income. And then, uh, you know, I mean, we're talking people that never went to, never took a college course, man. These people, you know, just, that's where I'm coming from. My family never, you know, never really went to college or did that thing. And, uh, it's kind of, kind of. Yeah, I want to say white trash, but, uh, you know, my town is was at one point pretty white trashy. It, it kind of still is the town I grew up in.
0: And did you know, like, when you were, let's say when you're like 12, 13 years old, did you, were you kind of aware? Were you like, oh, we're, we're like very middle class or like we're, uh, I can't, um, or my, my parents can't afford all the luxuries that like I see my friends having, or were you just like, no, this is my life. And, and that's it. So
1: I I was a very intelligent kid. Um, um, I mean, I seem to be like at that time, more like intellectually advanced than my family at that, even at that young age, I just, I don't know. I just have a different brain than than they do. I don't know what if it's from my biological father because you know I met him later in life and he doesn't seem like a a real bright bulb. So I don't know where it came from, but I'm 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 a lot I'm pretty smart and so I could see at an early age what was going on and so I would just stop asking for shit and I would try and make it happen for myself. So if I wanted something, I would get a part time job and I would make it happen. Um, I I also had. We also had issues with like my my family didn't – my, my stepfather was very strict and didn't give me much freedom to do things. Uh, and at the time, it, it was so important to, to be – to have a social life at school and stuff. Like you had to have a social life outside of school, you know. Uh, going to parties it was a thing and, and just doing and, – and I was never allowed to do any of that shit. I was just very – they were very strict and I just sort of saw that. I would have meetings with them, you know, and I would try and convince them, you know, in a very rational way to like give me more freedom, like give me a little room on this rope, you know, because it's affecting my life and it's 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 depressing that I can't have a social life because I have to be, I have a curfew that's like I remember being a senior in high school, my cur- my curfew was 10 p.m. It was like on the weekends, it was fucking crazy, like that is unheard of, shit, right? And even at the time, it was unheard of because, you know, my the kids I knew in high school, they would stay out all night partying and stuff. Uh, and so I would try and speak to them and reason with them about it and, it. and I could see that it just wasn't working and I would try a different approach and it wouldn't work. So finally, I would just sneak and try and make it happen for myself and then use my intellect to cover it up somehow. Um, so that was the adjustment I would make uh, on all of those points. I just would stop asking and just do things that I... Try and do things that I wanted to do or try and, you know, just kind of go around the roadblock. Um, and I would get caught sometimes, too, and get in trouble. You know, so it, it, it also sometimes created an issue. But um, it's just no reasoning with people like that, I think.
0: So, <laughs> so you think that they were doing it, like, sometimes that can be done from a good place, right? Where it's like they see something that a younger kid wouldn't, right? Like parents are like no, nah, nothing good happens yeah, after 2am yeah, and the kid yeah, you said who's executive
1: yeah, right, like,
0: right. the so, kid okay. whose executive function doesn't work in making good decisions in their head is like, nope, 2am's good and so then yeah. sometimes parenting like that comes from a good place where it's like, not nah, Jonesy, get Like you got to be home by ten or whatever eleven, right? And all your friends are out all night. But you think that it was they were just saying it because they're being stubborn and irrational. Like no, you can't do it. No reason.
1: Well, I think it's because uh, of because they're they're uh, fearful people. Uh, My stepfather in particular is a very scared person. He's he never did any of those things. He never traveled. He never took a risk. He never never, you know, he just, he wouldn't, to this day, they don't go anywhere. They hardly ever leave. You know, they stay at home all the time. They just don't, you know. My grandmother, who was, I'm talking about my stepfather's mother, uh, the guy who adopted me, his, his mother had never been on a plane her whole life. She just died last year. She had never been on a plane her whole life. And I would talk to her and be like, how come you don't come visit me in L.A.? Or how come you don't visit me in L.A.? New York, and she would just like, oh, I don't like travel. I don't like planes. Oh, I don't like New York. I but mean, we've well, never been on a plane. How do you know you don't like it? Because I know I don't like it. Well, you've never been in New York. How do you know you won't like it? Because I know I don't like it. So that's where he came from. That woman raised him, and he had a lot of those qualities that she had. He was a scared individual, and he was always a, He was just afraid of the world, and he's and on some level he still is. And so his keeping me home is from his fear. I could see that. It's just his fear. It's not like he comes from enlightenment or someone who, who has experience. No, let me tell you how the world is because I've been out there. It, it's all fear, fear of the world that, kept, that made him keep me in the house all the time. And in the end, it, it, I worked, out, it worked out fine. I'm okay. Nothing ever happened to me. Bad, like maybe something could have happened to me. Maybe I could have been in a car when a friend of mine in high school was drunk driving and I was dead. I don't fucking know. Uh, but it did not come uh, from any other place other than fear. Um, and, and that's what really pissed me off because, you know, cause I would argue with this person be like, Hey, can I do this? And he'd be like, no, that that's, that's a dangerous thing that you're talking about. And I'm like, no, you no, it's not actually because they've made changes to this activity. And let me tell you about this, this, and this so that it's not a, it's not an unsafe thing. And here are some reasons why I should be able to do it. And he'd be like, nope, nope. For, just forget it. You know? And it was just like, I could see this isn't a, this is an ignorant person. It's coming from ignorance. And then you I I,
0: shake your head, walking where You are like, "Man, I am just trying to eat a pear." <laughs> yeah, it's, right. like, it's like something like that simple. <laughs> yeah, nope, yeah. Chris, you can't eat a pear. I will
1: uh, just tell you. I'll tell you. I'll just tell on. you. <laughs> I I still joke about this with one of my one of my aunts. Uh, I remember I remember my, my stepfather telling me, uh, "I forget where I was going, where, why I was going to be here, but I was going to be at a hotel, staying at a hotel." Uh, and he said he said, "Hey, you know be careful, you shouldn't swim in those hotel pools those chlor- they have uh they have overly high chlorine levels and now this is coming from a dude who probably stayed in a, ho- a hotel that had a pool i mean hardly ever in his life I'd imagine he would stay at motels you know it's, we're talking low class here motels hardly ever a hotel with the pool, all right." So, first of all, he doesn't even know what he's talking about. It's, it might be some like weird thing that he heard, some weird rumor. But the fact that he would believe it and then pass it on like it's fact. You know what I mean? This is the kind of person that I was dealing with. So, you understand why there's no reasoning with someone like that. So, I would Zero. just try and... There's no reasoning. No way. So, I would just sneak around behind his back to do things that I wanted to do. Um, it, it, there weren't a lot of instances of that. Um, but it did happen. And I, it had to happen. And... I had to have some sort of social life. I had to live my fucking life. I couldn't just stay home all the time, you know? It just killed me. It was like the only time I could leave the house was like playing organized sports. That's why I was such a sports freak and shit. Because that was one of the only times I could, you know, stay after school and stay at the school or go and be with friends and shit, you know? Otherwise, I'd be home fucking reading books or something.
0: So then was your move to to get into comedy and to go to New York, like was that just seen as insane to them?
1: Oh my god, bro. It, crazy. Like career, crazy. Suicide. I remember my, career
0: suicide. Career my suicide.
1: Mom, my mom didn't understand it at all. Why would you go to New York? Like, it was just like they couldn't even wrap their head around why I would go to New York.
0: Why and do they support you, you doing what? comedy
1: now? Uh, they have, they su- they, this is what's great about them. Uh, th- there's a lot of things great about them. They're, they're, you know, they, they loved me and they gave me a very safe childhood and they provided for me as best that they could and they did the best they could uh, given their limitations as human beings which we all have they did an amazing job and i'm very lucky and you know i'm grateful uh but what was the question shit uh Do, do they support you now oh yes and they they they're not very particular they would support me no matter what i do as long as it makes me happy like, as long as I'm not in prison, they're like, I mean, they set the bar very low. They're not one of these parents that are overachievers because they weren't overachievers themselves. They didn't go to college. They didn't do all that shit. So they would, if I, if I was a bill collector full time or a car salesman, they would just be like, oh, that's great. That's great. Are you happy? Fantastic. That's it. I never got pressure from them to like overachieve. You know, they wanted me to get decent grades. Of course, as any parent does, that's natural, but they weren't. They weren't like that. They didn't, you know, you know, these. you know how these parents can be. Um, and they're, they're just not like that. They're just happy that, you know, I'm, I'm doing something that I like. Um, and I've found a, uh, a niche that, uh that, that pleases me in the world of entertainment. Uh, and so, yeah, they're very simple like that. Yeah. I mean, no matter, that's the thing, man, no matter like
0: what anyone does in life, if you have that support. If you feel like you can truly do something that's like I'm doing this because I'm interested in it and I'm supported to do that thing. It's like that's going to be – no matter how hard it is, it's going to be more fulfilling than being like I have something that I hate doing because I felt like A, I've been indoctrinated to do it or to like have a certain belief system or B, it's like you're just forced. You're like, nope, you're going to be like a doctor, lawyer, dentist, whatever the white-collar freaking – yes. White collar six figure job is right, and right, it's just like right. no, I feel like a piece of shit. I feel like a piece of shit. I hate my life. I hate what I do, and yeah, uh, yeah. and but my mom's happy, and I'm afraid to, I'm afraid to disappoint her or my old man. Yeah, that's whatever, a, right.
1: That's a lot of pressure. So my parents, are, you know, Luckily, they're not like that. Um, yeah, dude, they're, they're, they're super actually lucky. they're they're cool like that they're cool like that uh, you know they thought going to new york is insane because it, it involves travel and so they're like what what why would you live elsewhere uh they just couldn't they couldn't figure that out but if i had come up to them and said anything any kind of career if i say hey you know i'm not enjoying um you know this thing that i'm doing and i, I think i might want to try to be a nurse or something they would just be like they would be like that's great that's fantastic yeah give it a try try and make yourself happy whatever you want to do yeah yeah try it out yeah, yeah, and like they would never judge. They would never judge. Um,
0: yeah, dude, that's great.
1: Yeah, so they're I'm lucky uh, like that, you know. And they, they're they're like when when I've been on TV and stuff, they've been thrilled. That's kind of and I, I like to make them happy like that. I like I like to make them proud like that. Um, the few times that I've done something big, um, like been on Letterman or or you know been on Gotham or something, they they like they really thought that was so cool.
0: Oh, dude, that's sick. So you were when you. Did Letterman? Were you doing? You did like the
1: stand-up set or whatever? I did. A, no, I did a a sketch where I played his son. Oh, nice! Well, yeah, and it was uh, it was it was so cool. Yeah, and, it, and I mean, and millions of people saw it. It Was really dope, dude. That's super sick. That's super. sick. Yeah, well, I mean, I that's. I remember, a, I remember t- you know telling my parents that night. Watch Letterman tonight. I'm gonna be on. I mean, that was just like the best. That was a good feeling to tell them to like watch it tonight. You'll see me. Of course. I mean, that's a huge accomplishment, whether you
0: live in New York or not. But when you live in New York, there are certain shows that it's like if you can get on SNL or you can get on Letterman or Leno or whatever show it is, like that's just – there's so much exposure to those shows. And so many people, um, like people who are tourists in New York, try to go to those shows, right? So it's just like it's a cool – not that it's like you count your life accomplishments on a freaking like – like piece of paper and like there's so much more to life than that but it's like you still feel like hey not everybody gets to swing the bat at this I got to and I tried really hard and that's what's important you know
1: oh yeah yeah that was a great moment and you know it's a funny anecdote about that was I didn't own a tv um at the time and I had no way to watch it so I was like I was like I'm like fuck I need to find a place to watch I'm gonna be on Letterman tonight and I can't even watch myself and I remember uh, running into a girl in my apartment building, and being like, "Hey, you got a TV?" Uh, and I kind of knew who she was; like, she lived upstairs and stuff. But I, ain't, but I didn't really know her. Know her. And then, I, and uh, I said, "Hey, can I? <laughs> I'm going to be on Letterman tonight. Can I watch it in your place?" She's like, "No, oh, that's fucking cool. I'll get some wine." And I ended up making friends with this girl. She's so sweet, and we're still friends to this day. Her name's Krista. And, uh, oh, dude, that's so cool. Just me and her watching it in her apartment in Manhattan. This was in the uh, we lived in Spanish Harlem. Yeah, living. Spanish Harlem and watching it with her in her apartment that night. I'll never forget that. It was a wonderful time.
0: What a weird thing, though. Like, I can only imagine. It's like you want to be humble about something and not, not like, hey, check this out. But it's like your, your motivation was like, I got to find a TV and I don't really care where I find it. But then you have to approach the situation of like, how do I... How do I like say this to a girl? First, it'd be almost easier if it was a bro to be like, hey, bro, uh, mind if I like come check out your TV? Uh, <laughs> yeah, like yeah, you yeah. could say it in passing, but a girl, you're all, you know, you got to be all coy. You're like, um, <laughs> like, uh, I really want to watch TV without sounding like a douche because of the old Letterman, you know?
1: She's probably thinking, like, oh, oh, yeah, the old I'm on TV tonight line, <laughs> just yeah. trying to get me alone.
0: <laughs> yeah, like in your mind, you're like, i actually want to go watch letterman i just like i want to see this happen and in her mind good thing she didn't like label you as like who's this creeper because in her mind she could be like dude's just trying to get like straight humping you know and not uh yeah didn't good thing it didn't work out that way because it's now you got it as this like thing in the memory bank of this special moment and
1: and I, i hope that she remembers it like that too i hope she thinks about that moment Dude,
0: I don't think she would go get wine if she wasn't like this is cool. She for sure thinks it's cool. She's like, hey, there's this guy that I met randomly and yeah,
1: yeah, shared this moment together. It's like a cool story. Oh, she's marvelous. So I think she might be out here now. I gotta look her up. Are are Um, you? Anyways, you're like you're. I guess you just met your
0: your actual pops, like your biological dad. You've only met him a couple times. Oh yeah.
1: I met him uh, for the uh, for the first time as an adult um, about three three years ago.
0: And so you're not yeah. like you don't really talk to him or anything.
1: I don't. I don't really talk to him. Um, he's, he'll call weird? me occasionally and lift a message. I, I owe him a phone call. I'm just I just don't want to really make the call because I, I just I'm kind of I'm not really interested in talking to him. There's nothing there. It's uh, I, I went to see what was there. There's nothing there. You know. <laughs> Dude, he's one it's day you're gonna get a sad call. Sack. Anchor. It's gonna be sad. Yeah. It's like oh Chris, man. This
0: is your dad call. <laughs> just-
1: yeah, you know, if he knew I was on anchor, he would probably find a way to listen all the time because he is a fan of me. Um and he does reach out to me occasionally. But he he's just uh he's just He's just got issues, man. You know, he's just got issues. He's still a, he's still, from what I can see, an alcoholic. He's got, uh, I mean, personality disorders like you read about. You know, really bad. That's bad, tough, dude. And, uh, very, very poor personal skills. Very. And he's out out east still. He, uh, he's living in Nashville, Tennessee. Oh, crazy! Yeah, living or outside of Nashville, anyways. He's still playing guitar. He's quite a guitarist. I'll give him that. He's quite quite even at his age right now. He's probably 60. He's like maybe older. He's uh he's a, a killer killer guitar player. I mean, unbelievable.
0: Dude, watch like yeah. Smallest World of All Time. He was playing in the session band with my best friend. Can you imagine that?
1: Like Oh somehow. wow, that's wild. That's Can so crazy. That would be weird, hey? Yeah, yeah, that would be. Oh, I love how you so. said "hey," like a Canadian. <laughs> That'd be weird. Hey, <laughs> oh, I don't know. You know, just it's funny because uh, I have musical skills that I most likely got from him. You know, I can play guitar and I can sing. Been singing forever, but um, you know, picked up the guitar probably ten years ago and been been. I can I can play a little bit of that too. Not not anywhere near him, but I I seem to have a natural uh, musical ability that I, cl- I clearly came from him. Did did you play in a band? like Do you or did you ever? I used to sing in in, uh, several bands, starting in Massachusetts and then in New York as well. The last band was a Red Hot Chili Pepper cover band um, in New York City called Pepper Spray. We were together for about three years. Good times. Probably stopped doing the band thing in 2010. And uh, haven't done it ever since. Uh, Auditioned for a band out here. Because I was kind of like a little, I thought maybe I'll um, we'll get into it again. I auditioned for a Tool cover band as a lead vocalist and uh, didn't get it. And then I'm thinking of playing in a friend's band out here. He does an 80s cover band and he needs another vocalist because he's sick of singing. He has a female singer and then he sings all the male parts, but he hates it. So he's he thinks he might bring me on. And so I'm going to go... Kind of have a jam session with him and see how it goes. But if I want to do that, I could probably do that again. And I just might because I kind of miss playing music a little bit, singing, anyways. You know?
0: Oh, dude, it stimulates the Live. brain so much, and it's, yeah, it's it's so great. I mean, I haven't done comedy, but being on stage, like being on any type of stage, it's like it gives you that rush, right? It's, it's the it's best, a good feeling. Yeah, it's great. Oh, it's I love
1: it. it. I love it. And, and I'm a and very, very good front man. I just, I have that kind of energy. It's, I do it well. I do it well. I really enjoy it. So I mean it would be nice to do that again.
0: Yeah, you work the audience and you gotta you have to have a personality though, right?
1: Yeah, you know, and I've brought my comedy into it too. I remember in my band in New York, I would do, you know, I was doing a lot of comedy in that band. I was you know, I was cracking jokes between songs, I was cracking jokes all the time. I was like it was it was something to watch, man.
0: <laughs> it's like the flight of the concords, just like comedy and music combined.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I love that. <laughs> That's great.
0: So what, what kind of sports were you into? Because you alluded to it a couple times that you, you're a big sports fan? and
1: Yeah, yeah, well I mean I played I, my, my dream was to be a major league baseball player. When I was a kid, I just played baseball all the time constantly, and even in the wintertime, I would, I would like uh, find a way to find a place to like get my 200 swings in a day in an indoor spot or take grounders. Um, I was always training to be a baseball player um, all the way up through high school and i really thought i don't know i don't know what i was thinking but i really thought that that's what i would be <laughs> eventually uh but i never i'm a small individual man like i never grew and uh i think the idea of being a professional i realized my senior year of high school that i just wasn't going to be able to be uh a, a professional athlete at anything you know i was probably at, as a senior i was probably 5 4 uh 110 pounds, um you know, even now, I'm 5'6", one, almost 140. Like, I'm small, you know? You're yeah, uh, the same. Yeah, so, um, I mean, I've never really, I've always stayed this height. My biological father, by the way, 5'3", like, real small. I mean, I, I broke that mold, at least. When I, when I finally met him, I'm like, God damn, this is where I get my fucking shortness? Because uh, he's shorter than me. So yeah, so I played baseball a lot of baseball, man. I mean, to the point where my right arm is going to be—I'm going to have problems as I get old. I just know it. I was telling someone the other day about—I mean, I'm—I'm like—I must have thrown a million times in my life. I've done that this throwing motion with my right arm, you know, and I and I've torn the rotator cuff uh, and I've pulled muscle. I mean, I've just done it all. This this shoulder is going to be a a mess in 20 years from now. Um, But I also played basketball. Uh, I I dabbled in football a little bit, but I was a little small, um, and I was was finding it difficult not to get hurt. So as much as I – because I really love football and really wanted to play some of that, I had to be careful, and and I couldn't play it like I wanted to. But I was a pretty decent cornerback, man, because I was so fast. Uh, So so, so football – basically football, baseball, basketball. Um, I didn't play hockey. Uh, I did play soccer as well. That's right, soccer, and yeah, lots of wiffle ball too. I don't know if you ever played wiffle ball up in Canada. No, dude, oh, man. I haven't played that. Play- I mean, oh, it dude, it sounds like it's you're so pop- It's such tons, a, popular it's a popular game. Say
0: what? Say what? It's. It sounds like you're outside tons too. Like I mean, that's that's part of when you grow up in in that type of environment where you're just like always stimulated, being like stimulated by different. Um, like different sports, or it's just like as soon as you finish school, it's like you want to be outside. It's hard to do things that are conventional, right? It's hard to be like, oh 'cause because you weren't forced to come home and study, right? So that doesn't become that's not innate.
1: Yeah. So I don't know. Like, I don't know what kids do now. I mean, well, you got kids, but they, I don't know if they're old enough to like go to school and come home and, and be on their own or whatever. But like when we, nah, dude, they're like one would, and three. Dude, we would, we would like, there was, there was like, several kids in my neighborhood and so we would we would get a nerf nerf football and we'd be like we meet on this road and we would fucking play football until the sun went down you know until you couldn't see anymore just playing football throwing the football catching the football playing two-hand tag and getting as many kids together as we could and the same thing with wiffle ball we would get together and play wiffle ball which is just like baseball with a plastic bat and ball and we would just do that all the time. we would just come home from school and get together with these kids and just play sports outside if if it wasn't raining or shitty weather like like you get in New England, so you're at the mercy of that kind of stuff too um but yeah, I've even tried golf i mean i, I you know bowling i'll do i'll try anything man i just i've always been a competitive gamer and sports type type of guy darts i'll you know bubble hockey <laughs> I can't play real hockey but I'll, play, I'll play I could play the shit out of that bubble hockey game, bro. Like, I'll take you on, man. You guys probably play that up there. You could be the Canada side and I'll be USA. <laughs> oh,
0: dude, we have hockey is in our blood up here. I, mean,
1: we I play- know, I know. I, I, I watch it. I watch it. I love watching it. I just, like I said, I didn't skate till this past year. I just never, it was, it's a fucking expensive sport, man. I mean, asking my parents to buy me some hockey skates, that was out of the question, man. I was like lucky to get a a $40 baseball glove every five years, you know?
0: it is i mean that's the thing it's it's that's why sports like basketball are so great because or soccer right you you see people oh, who, it's great. especially soccer like soccer is one of those things that um you see kids in countries around the world playing because it's accessible you need a round object and that's, that's it because you can just like that's grab two like sticks and that's your goal right like basketball you still need a, a hoop and you need a ball that's that right. actually bounces that's right like soccer, you, you
1: literally need a round object. We used to do I don't know if kids do this anymore either, man, but we used to play you know, big time hide and go seek games in my neighborhood. We oh, used to we play did that too. Loved it. Oh man, dude, that was the that was the best. And Kick the Can, I don't know if you've ever heard of that shit. That's an old school game, but I I think it was just ending the kick the can when I was a kid. You know, you'd kind of play, but then we changed it into like Relivio or like something else. It was all these other games that we would kind of parlay it into that were kind of offshoots of those early hybrid hide and seek games. But those were a big thing in my hood at that time. Those were fun, man. I don't know if kids do that anymore. I'm worried. I'm worried for the kids.
0: <laughs> yeah, man. The only kick the can I know is the idiom. The old kick the can when you're actually pushing up <laughs> <Yeah>. daisies. <laughs> Take a dirt yeah, bath. So, That's it. <laughs> oh, so
1: it wasn't even – it didn't have to be a can. We Sometimes it would just be uh, – we put the soccer ball in the middle of the schoolyard, you know, and then and then everybody – one person's it, and, and everyone goes and hides. It's like hide and go seek. They all go hide, and then the person – if the person sees you – they have to run and kick that ball and say your name before you run and kick the ball to get safe. So, like, I gotta find you. But I'm like, if I see if I see Ben behind the tree, and then you see that I see you. Now we both sprint to kick that ball first. So who can who can kick the ball first and then say that other person's name? Uh, it's it's kind of crazy. I guess you'd have. It, may, it might even be confusing. But yeah, that was a thing, man. Those games were great, fucking great. And I don't know what kids do. I don't know if you can have that as much fun on your phone as you can doing that kind of stuff man i got to admit
0: no man being outside is the key i mean doing all that sh- that shit that we it sounds like we both grew up doing a lot of the same type of stuff spending times outdoors and just playing savage amounts of sports and being exposed to all this different stimuli all these interesting yeah. life experiences i mean that that's what shapes you and you, you worry that people just get immersed in in digital tech and it's like you're it's you your life is you and a a screen right like a little rectangle of some kind glowing back into your eyes and that's how you're navigating the world that's the lens through which you see it and it's uh it's a different ball game than it was
1: man yeah and you know you gotta be mindful of this because you have kids man you know know. you gotta make you gotta figure it out devices are like crack cocaine there's so many reasons to get them off that device, man. One is the reason we're just talking about with those, those kind of games that we would play. I mean, you can't beat that shit. The social skills and being outside, all that. The other thing is, man, I had a conversation with – I went to get my eyes checked, right? Because I finally got insurance this year. I haven't had insurance in probably 10 years. So, I mean, you guys don't have that problem up in Canada. But you could go a decade down here without insurance and no one will bat an eye. So, I got insurance this year. I went and got everything checked, one of which was my eyes, all right, Because I know I need a light prescription. Nothing crazy. I got a tiny little astigmatism. But nothing major. I can go without glasses. But at night I use them to drive. Because it's just nighttime and I'll, I'll get the glasses. So I went and got a, another just to get them checked again. Let's see. if I want to know if they got any worse. I got insurance now. It's, shit is free. Uh, while I'm in there talking to my eye doctor. I asked her about what's what's the fallout of these little screens, man. And she told me straight up. She said the eye, the eye is not... Uh, the eye has to adjust to look at these little screens so hard uh, that it's straining them, and the life of the eye is being dramatically reduced because of these small screens. Dramatically. She's telling me kids in here getting glasses at 12, 13. I mean, she just, it's happening. It's happening and you know there's there's nothing they can do about it they're trying to figure out a way to, to fix it but it's it's a it's a fallout of this little screen thing because the muscle that she explained it to me that uh, like physiologically that I can't quite remember but it's something about there's a muscle that that you that makes you have to look at something that's really close to your face like that like to go to to always go in there like that to go in there it's like you're flexing again to go in in and you just wear that out it's a it's a muscle like anything else and it only lasts so long and kids are kids are wearing it out
0: yeah from a young age and the, their eyes are still developing like your eyes are
1: still developing yes
0: kids eyes develop when they're like man i think they you're not kids aren't supposed to like really get screen time like devices or TVs until after 2 for whatever reason but i mean it's it's impossible it's inevitable that they're going to be exposed to something cuz they see like you've got a device and i try super hard like i don't use i'm not i'm not addicted to devices and shit so i try to be pretty responsible about like not using them around the kids cuz it's like what do they just see like hey look at there's they're young too so they don't know dude but like look at my dad like what are they thinking in their little heads there's my dad he just stares at some box like i i won't answer like emails or any any shit i won't respond to tweets and stuff because you're just immersed in like a box like that's for my time that's for when i'm on my own and i've got got the autonomy to just like do what i'm doing you know I even like podcasts I don't listen to podcasts around them not because I care like I don't care it's more that it's like hey what's better for their brain probably if we've got some music on in the background
1: like yeah that. you're a very good parent man you're very mindful of these things I think <laughs> I uh you, you're an example out, of what dude. I think people should be with their kids something like this is needs to happen you know yeah, just whether trying you to go, figure it out. You know, out. like, whether you go screenless Saturday or something. I mean, you got to, like, do – you got to think about doing stuff like that, you know. Hey, outside. Everybody's – we're going to be outside. You know the rules. <laughs> you know, While I the mean, sun is still out, you're out. The screen don't go on until the sun goes down. I don't know. I don't know. But there's got to be measures taken to uh, ensure the health of these kids, both – both physically being outside for exercise reasons and the eye situation is serious, man. This eye doctor told me straight up her concerns, and I was alarmed. It may, I mean, maybe it's the way that
0: that we grew up. Though, like, I mean, I'm still uh, not that I'm super old, but I'm like a, a man child, right? Like, I'm like I I just think I try to be introspective as as I can, and like I think I'll always be a man child my whole life, right? Like. Straight brim hats, like being funny, joking around, like just not taking life too seriously. And I'm like, I'm only 36. I'm not super old or anything, but, um, it, you know, it's all I can think is like, Kate, okay, got to get outside. So I want to do that with the kids. And it's probably because that's the way that I grew up was like being in nature or playing sports or just doing something that's not being inside because being inside is like idle time. Whereas when I'm outside, I'm doing something. Maybe it's like a distraction from like, I don't know. I just feel like I always have to be doing something. Always doing something. And it's not about busy work doing something. It's like I, I got to be playing, like quote unquote playing,
1: Play, skateboarding,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. P- kicking a ball, like doing something stupid, swinging on a swing with my kid or something. It's just like I'm going for a bike ride, but not sitting on a couch like I just can't do it. You know,
1: yeah, man, it. well, you know it's you know these American kids, I'm telling you, man, <laughs> we need to take a few lessons from you Canadians
0: who <laughs> uh, no, know, dude I think it's I think it's not a matter of Canadians or Americans, I think it's a matter of just the way that somebody grew up, like it, it, whether or not you want to have kids one day or it's like if you had kids maybe you have kids running around i don't know but um the way that you parent them is probably going to be similar to the way that you like to navigate the world right so it's like you're Mm going to expose mm -hmm, them to things you're interested in because you're a man child so if it's comic books you're like we're going to the comic show dad's taking you to nerd fest comic con
1: that's right we're going to play magic the gathering yeah that's
0: it uh dude this has been so much fun and i want to keep jamming great
1: like, I'm glad that you asked me to do this, man. And then, and then, and when I dropped the ball a little bit, you put a little pressure on me to remind me. And I'm like, oh, thank, I forgot. Okay, good, yes, yes, I wanted to do this.
0: No, man, I I'd love to do it again if you're ever into it. Um, I am. I, I'm, I'm sure. sure there are more life stories, like nuggets that you revert to that. Everyone's kind of got these stories. I was thinking about this actually today. Everyone's got like, if you were to tell like one story, like what's your favorite story or something. Everyone's got all these crazy stories about their life
1: oh yeah you know and then uh you know i heard barry katz who i like his podcast um he's he uh he has a way of phrasing it where he asks his guest and you could you could crib this from him and use steal it it's a great it's just a great presentation like i want to hear that what, the, all your stories are drowning in the ocean you got to save one of them what is it
0: <laughs> yeah dude that's
1: that's a yeah, ticket. What? Yeah, what's the story that you got to, that one story you got to save in your life that they're all drowning, you got one story to save. Which one is that? I want to hear that one.
0: That's it, man. The campfire story. It's like the one you're always going to tell and revert to. I mean, we've all got different ones, but um, yeah, if you're into doing it again, I want to keep jamming right now, but I can hear little Penelope, the one year old, is crying her eyes out because it's past her bedtime. Oh, poor
1: Penelope. Okay, give her some love. Yes, give, her yeah, some love. She... give her a big kiss on the head for Jonesy. Okay. <laughs>
0: Jonesy's gonna suck those tears away.
1: Yeah, say Jonesy spreads the love all the way from Los Angeles. <laughs> I'm on it.
0: Do you walk around with your tongue dragging on the floor? Is there drool coming out of your mouth? Just slobbering everywhere. Do you ever feel stupid in the head? Do you feel like you got hit with a bag of bricks in the head? Maybe you've got one of those bad hangovers, like you went out drinking, you got inebriated the night before, consumed narcotics, you went a little too deep down the rabbit hole. If that's the case, check out Elfbrain. It's a nutraceutical from Onnit, O-N-N-I-T Onnit's a total human optimization company, and uh, they've got all these different nutraceuticals, one of which is AlphaBrain, which I've used regularly, and uh, it kind of gives you focus. It gives you mental sharpness, so if you're feeling like you're thinking, your thought process, your neural pathways are, are a little bit arduous in the way they're firing, you're just not quite slow you're sluggish in the mind go tune up that brain take it to the mechanic take it to that that brain mechanic the car mechanic and get those wrenches turning on your on your synapses to make things happen Elf brain it's got your back it's got you covered so um yeah go check out on it onnit.com com and uh, they've got all these other great products i mean they've got kettlebells they've got um, battle ropes they've got um, just like different health and lifestyle products for anybody who really does want to um, take care of their body, who wants to you know, approach life from a different standpoint. So, um, I mean, I use I use other nutraceuticals like Shroom Tech Sport, which I love when it comes to exercise or being active. I just find that, that Shroom Tech Sport gives you a little more bounce in your step and it just uh it, i don't know kind of just lets you lets you go as hard as you want to go maybe everyone says oh maybe it's placebo sure you can think that all day and maybe it is but i don't know i don't think it is because um i've seen direct benefit from it and a lot of other people that that i engage in sports with have also tried it and i didn't really tell them what it was i just gave it to them as as a thing and a supplement and they tried it and they noticed that they just felt a little bit stronger in their step so um go check out on it they've got you covered Know who else you got to check out is cedar and moss cedar and moss c-e-d-a-r-a-n-d-m-o-s-s dot com the hipsters of all hipsters. It's like an episode of Portlandia. You see, Cedar and Moss makes these beautiful, like beautiful mid century modern lights. Um they make all these different like wall sconces and pendants and I don't know. I don't know what other types of lights are. Ceiling mounts, I guess. I should probably know this type of stuff, because I just ordered a bunch of lights from my house, but ended up rewiring my whole house which is quite the process and quite the learning experience so had some help and guidance, the helping hand. I barely did anything, not gonna lie. But no I did I did some stuff. I helped to rewire um and run all those wires from a new panel. put in a new panel all the way. Um these wires are running throughout the house so got to kinda pick and choose the new locations for lights and chose them accordingly so our whole house is now gonna be covered in cedar and moss these beautiful lights which my wife and I can't wait to get so we went with the old brass and um, got some black lights like flat black and some are even brass and black so couldn't decide so kind of went oreo cookie on it and just got like a little bit of column a and a little bit of column b but yeah cedar and moss are they're sweet like a we ordered all these weird lengths of lights like really custom stuff that just i don't know we just kind of went for it and um kate and patricia and all these great people from cedar and moss have been super high touch with the service they've been providing where like i mean i send them weird measurements like down to like a freaking 16th of an inch and they keep coming back and they're like hey we just wanted to let you know that um like we're gonna have to do this to this light and that to that light are you cool with it so they keep checking because they make all these things by hand custom glass that's blown and custom lengths of rods and metal and all these cool things they make them in their hipster studio but um i mean they're quite the company they're quite they've grown significantly in the past couple years but um yeah like they just want to make sure that that they're not making assumptions which i love they're, they're they're they just have this high level of personal service and i think it's reflected in the quality product they make you can see the love is exuding from all angles so big ups to cedar and moss kate and patricia you two are great so go check out cedarandmoss.com and and uh yeah get yourself hooked up with a couple new lights because They're pretty sweet, and you know the drill. We're gonna be back next week. Jonesy, love talking with Jonesy, he's a, a beautiful human being. So, uh, great guy, super funny. Make sure you check out Jonesy's comedy. Um, he's an actor, he's a writer, he's a comedian. You can find him on Instagram, Twitter, and all these different social platforms. Go check him out on Medium. He, goes under the handle at funny jones but yeah chris jones great human being and uh really pumped to have the opportunity to talk with him so next week be chatting with tim cox the man from brooklyn he's uh he's quite the character himself we'll see you next week